TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back into another edition of the Trust the Tape podcast brought to you by Boomer Jacks. The greatness that is Boomer Jacks. Always grateful for them. Some of the best food, some of the coldest beer, great drink specials, and all those TVs, baby. No better place to go watch the sports, all the sports. March Madness, Final Four is coming up, and draft day, right, Broadus? Absolutely, man. You got to, you know, if you're going to go to Boomer Jacks and you're going to have to watch the draft and order a bunch of drafts too while you're at it, and you're absolutely right, their food is outstanding. 17 locations around the Dallas Metroplex area. So make sure you go and hang out at one of them Boomer Jacks. They'll take good care of you. Yeah, man. Family-friendly environment. Uh, the, the best TV setup, really, when it comes to sports Unreal. watching. Yeah. You can't beat it with Boomer Jacks, plus the drink special. Shout out to them uh, for bringing us another edition of Trust the Tape with the Super Bowl winning scout, Brian Broaddus himself, legendary draft guru, and myself, Eric Chiafalo, the nosebleed seats here on 105.3 The Fan, Brian ba- uh, Brian Broaddus with the G-Bag Nation. Yes, sir. And uh, very happy to be here with you today, Broaddus. Yeah, it's kind of funny, man. You you know, I, I I had your uh, would we say your better half the other day? Uh, yeah, with I'll Wolchuk. go with that. Yeah, and, you know, Zach Wolchuk a couple of times, and, and you know, I've always admired you guys, uh, the nighttime show here on uh, 105.3 because you guys do get into the draft and Absolutely. you do take the draft seriously, and I I think that's always something really cool when you can deal with uh, with uh, members of your team. I don't get to work with you guys a whole heck of a lot, but uh, hopefully here in the future we will. But that's you know that's kind of one of those things that uh, you know when you when you get in the draft you really have to get in with both feet you just can't dip your your toe in the pool and say oh I'm learning about the draft but you guys do a heck of a job covering that well we greatly greatly appreciate it and uh, much of our knowledge comes from listening to you on a daily basis well, thank you for that very excited to be here with you so uh, plenty to get into from a draft standpoint man we're getting closer and closer yeah, huh it is. I mean yeah. just just slightly over a month away now it is yeah uh, which is super super exciting and so. Uh, we still had it was another big week in the NFL with the yeah. trades. Tyreek Hill now bye bye Kansas City. Hello Miami, yeah. and now Kansas City gets themselves a, a a second first round pick. Right, right. they're going to be picking back to back. Yeah, no, absolutely, and that's the thing about I think that's really really uh, we haven't seen anything like this. I know I've been in the league since uh, 1992, and I can't remember a time where I've had so many teams that had multiple first-round picks, you know, and and I think it's going to make the draft really unique in that way because are these teams going to make a pick and then trade one back? Are they going to try and make both picks? You know, there's things. I I see some teams, I mean, controlling this draft a little bit. You know, there's some teams that are very talent poor uh, up at the top of that board. Of course, you know, you look at a team like the Jets, 
you know, the Giants, you know, with with their situations, you know, and then, you know, the also the Houston Texans, another team that's pretty talent poor. And here they are with multiple picks inside the top 13. Then you get a division opponent for the Cowboys, the Philadelphia Eagles, with all the picks they've got. On the back end now, you've got the Packers, and then you've got the Chiefs. So you have got some teams that might be able to control this draft, and they might lock some people out. You know, I mean, all of a sudden yeah. you're sitting there thinking, oh, we just got past that landmine. Oh, wait, they're coming back and picking again. Right. So, yeah, you know, the pro scouts who evaluate these teams are going to have to tell their drafters, hey, listen, be alert. They, you know, they go, they could go after a defensive end here. They could go after a defensive tackle. They have to be able to identify the team needs of all those teams in front of you because those teams with the multiple picks, they could take two or three shots at this thing. Yeah, yeah. You wonder, and that's one of the questions I have when you look at teams like the Giants, the Eagles, now yeah. that you got the Packers, and, yeah. and then now now the Chiefs, all these teams with multiple picks. Does that make you feel like there's going to be much more wheeling and dealing on draft night? Yeah, I, I think there's some teams, like I said, that, that the talent poor teams would probably like to make those picks. You know, and you know, and I, and I mentioned, like I say, you know, the the Texans, the Jets, you know, the Giants. I mean, you know, those are – I know one thing with the Giants, they're a team that's kind of moved a little bit in the past. The Giants were a team at one time that never moved. I mean, when you when you dealt with the Giants, it was like they would just make their picks and kind of move on. Yeah. But, you know, and, and again, if you're talking about a division opponent too, throw the, the commanders in there too because you got the Giants with the picks there, uh, you know, the picks at, at five, their own pick at five, and then they got the Chicago Bears pick at seven – and then you turn around, and then the Commanders are there at eleven, and then you start to get the run of the the Eagles. They got fifteen, sixteen, and their own pick at nineteen. Yep. So your division is going to get a lot of shots at this board. Your division really controls the first round. They do. They absolutely does. So you 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 really you think about that. You are going to have uh what, you know six. I believe if I counted this right, there's the two with the Giants. The one with the Commanders and then three with the Eagles. That's that's six opportunities before you even get to pick. So Man. that division division just got added six premium players, all all within the first nineteen picks. Is there a couple of guys that you feel like would be nightmare scenarios from a Cowboys perspective yeah. if they land in the division? If the Giants get this guy or the, or Washington you know, or Philadelphia? Yeah, the Giants have been one of those teams that have had really a terrible run of picking offensive linemen. Yeah, it's been and, outstanding. And, you know, you look at that and you're saying, my gosh, you know, if they you know picks five and seven, they could surely draft. You know, I, they they very well could maybe get two offensive tackles if they wanted to realistically. But, I mean, you know, that's that's going to be, I think, to me, a, a fascinating spot because, you know, these other teams are looking. I mean, there's these offensive tackles, I mean, you start talking about Cross from Mississippi State, my personal favorite, uh, Ekwanu uh, from uh, North Carolina State. I mean, he's an athletic one. Neil from Alabama. Penny from, uh, from Northern Iowa. I mean, the, these guys... You know, that's four right there. Yeah, it's just, loaded. Yeah, I mean, and, and okay, so all of a sudden the Giants grab one of those guys. Uh, the Commanders grab one of those guys. You know, that that's something you worry about is you worry about a division team grabbing offensive linemen and getting their group uh, going the right direction. 
Right, right. So um, now I wanted to ask you, when, when it comes to the Cowboys and the way they've done this here in free agency, and yeah. we know how they attack free agency, which is which is not, like a pillow fight. Yeah, not very aggressive at all. Yeah. Uh, the fan base is frustrated, totally understandable. Sure. We're all frustrated. And I'm, I'm curious, have they left – have they left too many needs on the roster to be able to realistically fill them all just yeah. through the draft? I'll tell you what, it is a it is something that they it's amazing to me with the Cowboys how they just went ahead and moved on from like a guy like Lyle Collins. You know, and mm-hmm. I get it. You know, if you wanna if you don't think that Lyle Collins, if you don't trust him anymore, Lyle Collins came in in really good physical condition, and then all of a sudden the failed drug test came into into play, and then you know where's the trust factor there? You know, and you know I I kind of feel like this was kind of personal. You know, if you really want to be honest about it, and you know Amari Cooper, I, I kind of feel like that was a little personal too. I've said it on our shows. I know when we got to work with you guys here a couple weeks ago, we kind of talked about that. Yeah, but yeah, I, I if you look at the Cowboys. You know, they've been able to re- resign some of their own. I mean, I-, I would feel a lot better about certain positions. You know, they get the Tank Lawrence thing done, but, you know, they thought they had the Randy Gregory thing done, and boom, his agent pulls the rug from out underneath them. And now you're in a situation where, okay, well, Dorrance Armstrong, you signed him back. You know, and Dorrance Armstrong, if this was Dorrance Armstrong two years ago, I would be going, like, you know, damn, this is a guy that plays one game and then he's gone three. I thought he was a lot more consistent last year. You know, but they've made some of those kind of those those bottom of the, you know, those bottom of the, uh, you know, the ocean, the, the, you know, bottom of the water, bottom fishing, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. When you start talking about Washington, the wide receiver, right. bringing Leighton Van Der Esch back. It's just guys. It's just bodies. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. And then, like, Fowler. But then we also go back and we look at – we look at last year at this time, and all of a sudden they sign uh, Jaron Curse, and we're going, ah, that's Jaron Curse is going to get cut. Now that's not going to, it's not going to be anything. Jaron Curse from week two on was one of your better defensive players behind Micah Parsons. So biggest surprise of the year. Yeah, I think the hope is that that maybe, maybe that one of these guys like Fowler could show up and make plays, and so. You have Armstrong and Fowler, and you kind of throw that at it. And then Golston on the other side, backing up. Uh, you know, Basham in Basham, there. Basham, yeah. So you got a rotation of guys. They got a rotation of guys. And, you know, but this, this, the edge class is pretty deep. You know, I mean, initially we all thought that Walker from Georgia was going to be a guy that was like, everybody had him mocked to Dallas at 24. Walker, Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. Mm-hmm. And now it's like the way he tested, the way people are evaluating the film. You know, you're not going to see him. You're going to that could be will be a top ten player right there. So, and then you look at though like uh, Ojabo from Michigan. Okay, there's another guy that was could potentially be right in the Cowboys' wheelhouse at 24. Yep. And boom, he blows out his Achilles, and now Such you're like, a bummer. yeah. So now you're you've lost that. You've lost that defensive end of, at, at that spot, potentially. And, well, and, and Ajabo would have been kind of the perfect complement to Demarcus Lawrence, right? Sure. The perfect Randy Gregory replacement right, yeah. because of his ability to win with the speed around yeah, the edge. Yeah, that's the thing. I think the thing with Ajabo was that, you know, he's really, really raw. And you watch him play. I mean, Hutchinson, Aiden Hutchinson on the other side is uh, will be one of the top three players in this draft. Mm-hmm. 
But then on the other side, you did see a guy win. But, you know, Jabo, his his history is just not a lot of football. And there's some scary parts about that. Mm-hmm. There's some scariness that, like, man, this guy has not played much football. Yeah, it depends on how you look at those yeah, guys, yeah, right? It's yeah. like, hey, there's a lot well, lot of room for growth here. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, and, that, and then that's why you see Dan Quinn – Yes, we see Dan Quinn out working out like a Sam Williams. Right. And so all of a sudden, Sam Williams is a guy from Old Miss that you're like going, huh, maybe a third-round guy. But the Cowboys are probably viewing Sam. If you think that Sam Williams is a third-round guy, you probably have to think about him as a second-round guy because when it gets back around to you in the third round, this guy's probably not going to be there. So I know I'm talking about a lot of defensive ends. And, you know, we have even haven't mentioned Karloftis from – Purdue as another guy that potentially so yeah he, he'd be like worth the names. pick. I feel like their names there, but yeah, if you look at the Cowboys, did they do enough? You know, there's plenty of receivers in this draft. The questions are going to be about the offensive line. You know, because other than Lindenbaum from Iowa, I don't have another first round interior player. And okay, but I have 20 names in my first round, so. Pick 21 is actually a, well, player 21 on my board a second round guy. is a second-round guy. And a lot of teams have it that way. You know, if you, if you ever follow the draft, there are not 32 names on a, on a board. There are, there are, like, between 18 and 20 names. So you're looking at a guy, you know, like I say, guys like Green, Zion Johnson, Ingram from LSU. These are all, like, on my board second-round guys. So, so you would consider those guys to be a bit of a reach then at, I don't know at if it's 24? A, not, not only a reach because to me – Because that's just what's there. That's, that's just what's available. That's what's – yeah. You're going to take the top – like, for example, Connor McGovern was the grade of a 1-2-1 one, one on the Cowboys board. Low number is the best. So, like, say, for example, you get a, it's the, the, the one and then the 2-1 means that second round one of the top guys. So that's kind of where, you know, that's like, it's the same spot that they would have, say, for example, when they did Travis Frederick. So they had a second round, a top of the second round grade on Connor McGovern. And then, but boom, they get him in the third round. So, you know, sometimes players fall through, you know, and like Jason Witten was a prime example for us in that, in that draft uh, with him was, you know, he has a first round grade of a one one nine. That's the bottom of the first. Mm-hmm. We get to the third round. You know, Jerry looks at Parcells and says, "We've got to take Jason Witten." And he goes, and "Bill goes, absolutely, we do." Yeah. That's just that's that blinking light for you that you see in the draft. Okay, so when it comes to the big needs, I think most of us feel confident. Hey, biggest need you're going to be looking at that interior of the offensive line yeah, for the Cowboys, I think so, yeah. and then and then the edge spot. Now they've thrown some bodies there they have. with Fowler and all the guys that we mentioned. But what do you feel more confident about being able to get a plug-and-play starter at in round number two? Do yeah. you feel better about getting one of these interior linemen in round two, day one starter, or yeah. one of these edge guys? I think that, to me, I would I would feel a lot better about potentially that maybe the wide receiver crew would be like, you know, now I know that it's like when you start talking about plug-and-play, you're talking about 11 personnel putting a guy out on the field. I think there's some quality. I think there's some quality wide receivers. I kind of feel like the same thing with the guard spot. You know, and okay. I mentioned Green, 
People love Zion Johnson. I have Ingram above him. I mean, I could be really, really wrong about Zion Johnson. Yeah, because you seem to be the outlier. I am the outlier here on this one. But I, I do like Green. I do like Ingram. I do like Zion Johnson. They're all right there in the second round for me. Uh, I think you Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. You get like one of these a one or a three technique defensive tackle. You know, when you start talking about now, you're probably not going to get a crack at it like a Jordan Davis from Georgia. Maybe Wyatt, the other Georgia defensive tackle, he's like a three technique. That might be something you want to consider. But but don't you feel like I mean, from an interior D line standpoint, are the Cowboys they're okay at the three technique, aren't they? Yeah, Isn't bet, it the one? Yeah, but that's to me, like I said, I I that's where I would be interested to see. I, I have I have Matthias from uh, Alabama as my second best one technique. So it's Davis, Matthias from Alabama, and then Travis Jones. There's a lot of people that really like Travis Jones from Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, Dallas is having him on a thirty visit, and when we talk about the thirty visits, we we mention it all the time. These are the opportunities to you have the opportunity to bring in 30 guys to visit with on overnight visits. So you get a little bit better feel for the guy. Your coaches can meet with them. Jerry and Steven can meet with them. So that's something that when you talk about Travis Jones, maybe that's their maybe that's that sleeper mm-hmm. at 24. I don't know if they would take a one technique. At 24? They haven't since Russell, Maryland, right? Oh, no. It, yeah, it's been a long, 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 long time. But, see, that's what I'm saying. I, If you ask me for a sleeper guy that maybe, like, we're not thinking about this, I wonder if they would take a guy like Travis Jones there, the defensive tackle, the one technique from uh, from Connecticut. I mean, I would say it would be kind of a, a bit of a, a pleasant surprise yeah. uh, and certainly a surprise but, because it's not something they really invest no, in. But if you look at this and all of a sudden they, they and one of those guards are on the board, like Green's on the board or Zion Johnson's on the board, you can't pass that up. And man. you and you take and you take like Travis Jones or Wyatt or something like that. Oh, it's gonna be bad. Those are good players, but they're all kind of in that same that same uh, area. But when you think about how desperate we are right now, oh gosh. for that offensive line. Well, that's what I'm saying, man. Like to me, and I'm sorry, I'm jumping on your. No, right now, you're good. But but the, to me, and like you know, my our, my our radio partner, radio teammate Gavin Dawson, and I were talking about this on the radio today on on Friday here about you know what would you do if you're the Cowboys what would you try and do what's left to do what's left to do is take one of those third fourth or those many of the fifths that you have and try and trade with somebody for an interior offensive lineman maybe somebody has a surplus offensive linemen are, are tough for surplus 
But maybe somebody has a guy, a, a two or three year guard, you know. But you get a two or three year guard here too with with uh, with uh, Connor with McGovern. McGovern but-, but do you take one of those fives and go get a veteran that you think can play, and okay. then and then that takes you into we don't have to worry so much. We can wait later on and draft. A, you know, now you have a bridge veteran, and you bring in another young guy behind him. To, to compete for the spot. Yeah, and you don't feel like you have to spend the first yeah. round pick on it. Yeah. Now, if you if you made a move like that, would you would have to do that prior to the draft? Yeah, I think this I think in the next month, next 35 so days, you have to think about if okay, either sign somebody or or trade for. Now, there's guys out there like, you know, Will Hernandez who was from UTEP, who the Cowboys liked several years mm-hmm. ago. He's a he's a big bulky kind of guy. The foot quickness is not the best. He he struggles a little bit on the edge. And I mean when the edge when people get on that shoulder, but if you try and run over him, it's a hard guy because he's so big and boxy. Right. So, you know, do they sign a guy like that and then still use a first round? I mean, there there's there's options out there. I think their pro department would need to step up and say, "Hey, the uh, the New Orleans Saints have extra guards." See if they'll take a four for this guy mm-hmm. or a three for this guy. Maybe target a team that doesn't have a whole hell of a lot of picks, and you could kind of maybe pluck a lineman away from them. There you go. There yeah. you go. Now back to the thirty, uh, the yeah. the thirty visit deal. Yeah. The, the Cowboys kind of show their hand a decent do. amount, don't they? they with do. that, yeah. And and the reason why you see them kind of show their hand is because that's the best opportunity for Jerry and Steven and Mike McCarthy. To meet with the player, mm-hmm. you know they, they 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 Jerry and Steven are not your traditional general managers. You're not telling. I'm not telling you something you already don't know, but they're not going to the like other general managers and going to sit over there at the Holiday Inn in Indianapolis and interview players. Yeah, grind this thing yeah, out. Uh, jobs on the they're line. Over, yeah, they're yeah. over on the bus uh, meeting with agents about Amari Cooper and. And also, well, uh, other things like allow Collins guys and stuff like that. So is Will McClay more the guy who with the traditional? Will McClay, yeah, Will McClay would be the point on the interviews. Okay, but the thirty visits would allow these guys to be able to, like I say, the Jerry's and Stevens to be able to kind of meet and and kind of get to know these guys a little bit better. Okay, so Brian Broaddus is is running the draft right now for the Cowboys. Um, how would you? Wait, I'm going to Boomer Jacks first. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to hang out at Boomer Jacks first. But no, I, that's a know, hell of a war room. Yeah, that's my war room at Boomer Jacks. Is a great war room. But no, I okay. Go ahead. Uh, you asked me about well, that. Well, so so you're running the draft. You're a month out. How would yeah. you like to see it shake out based on what your needs are yeah. and the talent that's there? Who would you who would you most like to see from a realistic standpoint, maybe an individual player or yeah. particular position that you'd say, I would love to capitalize on this guy or this position in round one. Yeah, man, that is a super question because I, I'm looking, do I really want to do something at wide receiver? Do I really want to do something with Burks from it, Arkansas or yeah. Olave? You know, maybe you won't get a shot at Olave, but I, I wonder if they're thinking like because last year, like I said, they had three of the best wide receivers in the league. And where'd the offense go? The halfway point of the Sputtered. season, it went south. Because you couldn't block anybody. Couldn't block anybody. That's so, why I'm, 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 so, I'm yeah. looking at Kenyon Green right now. Going, no, Come no, here, that, big you're boy. absolutely right about that. You know, or him, Zion Johnson, yeah. Ingram, one of those guys. You know, Lindenbaum, the Iowa center. I Love mean, him. I think to me, that's where 
that's where I'm trying to figure out, can I can I have a consensus on who the best guard is in this draft? Can I get a consensus? Now, I'll tell you something I'm a little bit worried about there, Cheech. I'm worried about that, okay, <laughs> you know, uh, Joe Philbin, the line coach here, did not draft Connor McGovern. So, right, so Connor McGovern's here. It's not his guy. It's not his guy, and he's really not a fan of Connor McGovern. But all of a sudden, like, the scouts love Connor McGovern. So they play, they play Connor McGovern. He doesn't play all that well. So now the scouts are a little bit, you know, shamed because the line coach is probably saying, well, listen, your guy didn't play worth a crap, you know, and now so all of a sudden Joe Philbin takes the reins and he's like telling McCarthy and Steven and Jerry that like the scouts might like Zion Johnson, but let me tell you, Green's a better player. And now you have a little divide in the room. So if I'm Will McClay and I'm a month out and we're starting to meet, I want to make sure I have a consensus of what's going on at guard. If we're going to make this pick, if it's if it's Lindenbaum at center, is it Green, Zion Johnson, Ingram, Kennard, one of those guys, if it's one of those guys, I want it to be a consensus. I don't want it to be like guys are getting butt hurt because oh, by the way, they tried to they tried to tell me this guy could play and he couldn't play. So I want everybody on board. I'm, I'm mending as many fences as I can because everybody's pointing at this offensive line. They're saying, hey, the left tackle, you know, we used to talk about, and as we do radio, you know, everybody's asking like, oh, well, who are the great players on the Cowboys? There used to be a time when you, Tyron Smith was a great player. No brainer. Now you say Parsons, Martin, who else? The punter maybe. Great players. Yeah. You know, you don't say Tyron Smith anymore. And so, to me, there's some problems at the left tackle spot. There's problems at the left guard spot. There might be a little some problems, some issues at center. Mm-hmm. And you have to figure out what's going on at right tackle. This offensive line does not look the same as the offensive line that we thought when we went into Oxnard last year. We were like, man, this is one of the top five offensive lines. We were we were saying it with our chest, you know? Yeah. But now, it really isn't. And that's the questions I think you have to ask yourself is, how committed are you to trying to rebuild? And the consensus I want is I want to know. I want all the tackles lined up. I want all the guards lined up. And I know I can maybe grab a couple of centers. If I don't get Lindenbaum, uh, Fortner from Kentucky is one of my favorite players. Parham from Memphis is another one of my favorite players. Uh, but both those guys are like third-round guys. Okay, so and are, are those guys you feel like plug-and-play, boom, day one, they can yeah, step think, in and be I starters? Think, yeah, I think that you know when you, when you start to talk I – mean, I think Fortner would be a guy that I would plug and play. Parham, I think maybe I'd be interested to see the competition at center. I think that the I think it plug and play really applies to the left guard. I really do think plug and play applies to the left guard. Now I'll tell you this: if one of those damn tackles are there, and I know we're talking about a lot of offensive linemen, but I kind of feel this is where things might be going. Me too. If if it's pinning and one of those guys, you get a crack at him or or Raymond or somebody like that. Do you just say draft those guys and play them at right tackle? I'm sorry, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Terrence Steele. Terrence Steele, you're the swing tackle. You know, I'm sorry. Yeah, but, but I, I mean, I, I don't know. That's that's kind of where you know. I used to think that maybe that you could draft one of these tackles and then play Lyle Collins at left guard. But they'll tell you that Lyle Collins can't bend. You know, he can't bend. He's in the waist. He can't bend. The hip surgery and stuff. Hurt him. Yeah. But that's what happens when you get rid of guys. Everybody whispers like, oh, this guy can't do this and this guy can't do that. You know. It's yeah. Well, so um, 
you mentioned Joe Philbin, you mentioned the scouts, and yeah. when we saw Joe Philbin at the AM Pro Day, he was all up on Kenyon Green. He was. He, he was getting an up close and personal look. Yeah. Now, the implication there is, hey, this guy's super interested in him. Yeah. And so now who knows exactly how he feels about him, but we all know Kenyon Green, he's a nasty, he's yeah. a nasty boy. He he's a guy you'd love to have on your offensive line. But I love the idea of a, a disconnect between scouts and coaches. And so from your yeah. general perspective and your experience, who usually wins out in those battles? In the Cowboys, I hate to say this, and and Will, I think, does a really good job, and he calls it the Bermuda Triangle. Like, the Joneses are at the top of the triangle, the scouts are in one corner, and the coaches are in the other, and he's in the middle of the Bermuda Triangle trying just, to survive. Yeah, He's <laughs> trying to survive. The whole yeah, thing. he's losing airplanes and boats uh, right, and everything right. like that in the Bermuda Triangle. And I, I think that, you know, the one thing that Mike McCarthy, when he was at Green Bay – Coaches had a say, but not the say they have at the Cowboys. Look what Dan Quinn's doing. Look look how Dan Quinn has just totally, totally uh, redone this defense. All of a sudden, you're Dan Quinn. You go in there, and Dan Quinn doesn't leave. But what does Dan Quinn get? Dan Quinn gets a bigger contract. Dan Quinn maybe has a provision or two in his contract that he might be the head coach one day. So all of a sudden, Dan Quinn's out there hitting every single pro day. What does Mike McCarthy do? Well, maybe I need to get out there and hit some pro days too. <laughs> yeah, let me you know, go show Ole some Miss face. Yeah, Penn State and places like that. So yeah, I mean, you have to show that you're. But the the Joneses, it's they love the scouts. The problem is though, a coach will come in there and say, "Hey, we need this guy." And and just the prime example is look what Dan Quinn did for the defense. You know, look what he did, bringing in... He was a savior. Know, uh, yeah, and George Edwards. George Edwards, the linebacker's coach, he knew about uh, you know, about Curse. Hey, if you guys are going to bring in a guy, let's bring in Curse. Mm-hmm. I think he could help us. That's how, coaches, that's how coaches win battles in the Dallas Cowboys' war room with that. And Will has to manage a coach being mad at the scouts, the scouts being mad at the Joneses, the Joneses being mad at the coaches. Will has to manage all that, and that's a tough deal over there. Very tough, very yeah. tough. And and also from your experience, when it comes to the draft, um, who usually is is more correct? The is it usually the scouts well, at the end of the day? I mean, because that's I, yeah. their forte. That's that's well, where they scouts can be wrong too. Their bread, for sure, scouts but can be wrong. Generally speaking, yeah. you'd you'd probably you're better I, off leaning towards the scouts, aren't yeah. you? I, I as a scout, I used to sell these coaches when they like I would work on a draft for a year. And then the coaches would come in there in one month, just totally take apart everything that I did. And I used to say this. I'm like, listen, I did this for the whole year. During the season, I didn't come down on the field and tell you how to call a third down defense. Okay? You got to trust me because I trust you to call a third down defense. Amen. But if you're going to come here and play in my sandbox, I'm going to make it hard on you. Mm -hmm. Because that – I don't want to sit there and work on something for a whole entire year and then all of a sudden just have it go up in smoke because a coach talks to another coach. It's like, hey, I worked this. You know, I remember one time Mike Zimmer, and I love Mike Zimmer. Mike's one of my favorite people. Mike one day came into a room, and we were we were dealing with a, a defensive back on the board, and Mike's like, I love this kid. I love this kid. I love this kid. The next day, Mike comes back and goes, I hate this kid. I hate this kid. I hate this kid. I looked at Zimmer, and I said, you have got to make up your damn mind. I go, you are killing the scouts right now. You are killing them. Yeah. Because they are going with you on this. They're putting their, you know, what's on the line right now for mm-hmm. you. And you got to help them. 
So coaches have got to realize that they've got to be able to step back and say, hey, listen, this is what I see in the player, but my opinion should not be the final opinion. I love it. Super Bowl winning scout, Brian Broaddus, ladies and gentlemen. Well, this has been fun. It has been. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. We've got some more days we could do this. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We'll be back next week. Uh, We are just over one month away from the draft, so go ahead, get those plans ready. Boomer Jacks is awaiting you. All the TVs, all the delicious food, and all the great drink specials. Thank you to Boomer Jacks. Thank you to Brian Broaddus. Thank you, man. And ladies and gentlemen, never forget to trust the tape. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 